Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is November 18th, 2016. The Trump presidency is now being launched. I'm joined with my regular co-host, Dr. Nancy Snow. She is a professor at Kyoto University of Foreign Studies, and Michael Chuchek, who is teaching budding young minds at Waseda University and at Temple University in Japan. Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Gerald Curtis. Dr. Curtis, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Dr. Curtis is Professor Emeritus at Columbia University, and boy, you've got your hands in lots of things. You are a very popular speaker here. You've been in Tokyo for about a week. Haven't had a break yet, have you? No, not yet. Thank you very much for joining us. You know, 40 years ago, you wrote this book, Campaigning in Japan, right. and it was an offshoot of what your real specialty is, which is election campaigning, politics, that sort of dynamic, and you, you focused on Japan, you cut the, the cloth. I mean, everybody in Tokyo, everybody in, in Japanese politics knows you and, and seeks you out for your advice and your counsel. You've been doing it for a long time, and uh, I'm just really glad that you're on the show. Well, so am I. Thank you for inviting me. No, thank you very much. Let's talk about Donald Trump. He won the election last week. We talked about that on Tokyo on Fire, and now he's trying to manage his, uh, his transition team. We don't know who's going to be on his cabinet, but a lot of the names are thrown out. What I'd like to do is talk in this session about what foreign policy might look like under a Trump presidency. you have any views on that? Well, I think the first thing to know about what policy is going to be like under his presidency is that nobody knows what it's going to be like under his presidency. And anybody that says that they know what he's going to do, don't believe them. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do know, I think what we can say with some confidence is that a lot of things he said during the campaign, he said in order because he thought it would get him elected. And he's already said that what he said during the campaign was to get him elected and what he has to do as president is going to be different. Right. And we've seen evidence of this already where he's backing away from a lot of statements. Um, uh, this morning, Tokyo time, uh, he met with uh, Prime Minister Abe. It was supposed to have been a 45-minute meeting. It went on for 90. Um, I th and from, from Abe's body language and the way he spoke when he came out, he, said, he wouldn't say what they talked about, but you could tell it was a good meeting. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it was very friendly. And this idea, you know, the Japanese press particularly the TV, well, the press do, the, the, uh, the Japanese media, they're so focused on this narrow issue. Is he going to ab abrogate the security treaty? Uh, is he going to put tariffs on Japanese imports? What's he going to do about TPP, which is really a big, a big issue? But it's only in terms of what's he going to do to us? Mm -hmm. This very right. narrow view uh, of Nichibei Kanke, of this U.S.-Japan bilateral relationship, is not what's needed now. What's needed now is for Japanese to think about what does Obama mean for the region? Not Obama. What does uh, <laughs> Trump mean for this region? What does it mean for, for, the, for the world? And how, what is Japan's role here? I'm hoping we'll begin to see that kind, of, that kind of discussion. So right now we don't know. There's some things that I think he will, he's committed to do. Um, uh, and some of them are very worrisome. I think he's, I think he's committed to pull the U.S., if not out of the Paris uh, uh, agreement on, on global warming, not to implement it. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, you know, he's, people are being talked about as head of the Environmental Protection Agency. Are these, um, you know, climate change skeptics or deniers? Terrible. The whole world is going to move in the other direction from right. the United States if that takes place. I think he's serious about deporting 
illegal immigrants who have criminal records, uh, and I think he's going to he'll he'll, be, he'll do it. It's not easy. It's going to be you know it's a messy business, tracking them down, figuring out what to do about their families. There's lots going on here. Right. Anyway, uh, but oh, and and the, the beautiful wall. And he's going to build a wall, though it's going to be a fence here and there. Um, but I think the biggest concern right now, we don't know what he's going to do. That's a reason for concern because that sense of uncertainty can lead countries to sort of, you know, anticipate or assume what he might do mm -hmm. and react to it, creating a situation that then he will react to. Right. So I've been, the, the, chance, the opportunities I've had to meet Japanese leaders here over the last uh, few days, my message is, is, is be, be cautious, don't overreact, don't jump to conclusions. As the people who are going to be key in this administration become more clearly identified, get to know them, try to, to have as wide a network of contacts at every level possible, and, t and take your time. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm... Trust, but verify. Yeah, well, yeah, verify. Mm -hmm. before you trust. We had the same situation when Bill Clinton became president. There was a whole new slew. Ron Brown came in as uh, Commerce Secretary. Just a whole bunch of new faces, people that we were unfamiliar with, and I think that's probably the same sort of environment that we're moving into now. A lot of people will be in positions of power and influence. But you didn't have a demonization of a figure like uh, President-elect Trump. Mm -hmm. So with Bill Clinton, I can recall that very well. There was a great deal of excitement about this new generation, the first post-World War II yeah. duo with Al Gore. And, of course, Hillary mm -hmm. Clinton had a formidable role there as well. So even though there was a vacuum, I think Dr. Curtis makes an excellent point. When you have this information vacuum and you're dealing with a highly suspicious character, as Trump is, to mm -hmm. many throughout the world and half of the American electorate, mm -hmm. they're going to fill in that vacuum with all kinds of horror stories. So you see a lot of reportage over the last week where it's all this speculation. Right, right. And that's why I loved hearing his remarks on Tuesday at the 25th anniversary of the Abe Fellows mm -hmm. Program because he said, let's be cautious and let's be contemplative and build these strong relations. The United States is in the middle of a, a pivot in Asia, but it also sounds like the president-elect is in his own pivot. I mean, he scoured his web page and taken out all of the comments that he initially had, and it looks like maybe he is also rethinking some of the views that he originally espoused, Michael. Well, I don't know whether that's simply because he's rethinking them or he's trying to whitewash what he has. Uh, now, whitewashing, well, whitewashing, of course, could be simply that he's going to put on a, a, new, a new coat of paint now, but what you talk about being, Professor Curtis, about being uh, cautious and slow. Well, certainly Mr. Abe simply got onto an aircraft without even an appointment formally set up, without knowing who was going to be in the room with him. State Department didn't know. State Department didn't <laughs> know. And in the end, he went alone into that room with the translator. And that's, there's no note taker, there's no bag carrier, no one there to back him up. What an incredibly, first, gutsy move on the part, his part, in order on behalf of the Japanese people, the relationship between Japan and the United States 
was in a certain sense, in a sense of of, of crisis. Mm-hmm. And he Where's walked the crisis? In, in the crisis in that for the last, for as long as I've been around, the everything in terms of every meeting, every uh, every encounter has been managed, and and there have been has been a coterie of people around whoever the prime minister is, whoever the U.S. president is, who are familiar with the Japan-U.S. relationship. Here, that, that, the feeling here is that Mr. Trump knows nothing about us and is actually not interested in finding out. That's been the way it's been looked at here in, in mm-hmm. Tokyo. Well, in the th- world. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think it was a... First, I was really impressed that the Japanese government, some people in the Japanese government were anticipating the possibility of a Trump victory and making contacts with people close to Trump before the election. So as soon as the election uh, ended, they arranged, they set up this phone, the phone call. And it was in the, as I understand it, it was on the phone call that the idea of, uh, that, that Abe said, I'm, I'm on my way to Peru and I can drop by New it's York. on the way. And, <laughs> and Trump's response is, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, very important and a very good move. First head of state on, to visit he's the, the first president-elect? He's like? the first head of state. You know, and I think it's, you know, as Michael was saying, nobody knows there's a new group, you know, there's a new group of players on the, on the American side. Uh, and I think it was very important that Abe go in, you know, get to see him. Sure. Very relaxed, informal uh, setting, which is which is what it was, but you know I'm, I believe that Abe had certain points he wanted to make mm-hmm. uh, about free trade and why it's important f- for both countries, um, about how to deal with Putin, who he knows quite well and who's coming to Yamaguchi uh, next month, uh, how to make you know importance of maintaining a balance of power in Asia, but also. Having trying to have a good economic relationship with China because a bad ec- a, an economic war between the a trade war between the U.S. and China is a trade war between the U.S. and every country in Asia mm-hmm. because of the supply chains and all the other things that link these countries together. You can't punish the Chinese who will retaliate for one thing. You can't do that and not have it harm Japan right. and other countries. So, I think I don't know what they talked about, but I. Can't imagine that they only talked about let's play golf together, and mm-hmm. um, uh, which I'm sure they did too. But I'm, I believe there was stuff. My guess, my guess is that is that Trump was in the listening mode, and Abe was in this is what I want, why I want to get across to you mm-hmm. mode. And you know, it turns out that because of what happened in American in American election, Abe is in a almost uniquely important position to have influence with the, Trump with the Trump administration. He knows all these leaders. He's going to be around mm-hmm. probably in two, 2021. Right. Uh, he's v- very well informed on foreign affairs. He's visited over 100 con- uh, countries uh, in, the last, in the last three years. Most traveled so. uh, prime minister in history, isn't Ever, he? Ever, yeah. Uh, and, so I, and, and so I think... If the body language was good, if they got along well, which I suspect they did, mm-hmm. you're not going to hear anything about, you know, if you don't pay for all the costs of American military in Japan, we're going to abrogate the treaty. Oh, that was not all there. campaign mm-hmm. talk. And um, so, as I was saying a little bit earlier, 
The issue is not U.S.-Japan bilateral relations. It's going to be okay. The issue is stability and balance in the region and, and, and globally. Right. Well, when he came out of the meeting with uh, the president-elect, he was all smiles, and he oh, said, yeah. this is a, a person that I can trust. So clearly this, this branding, this we have trust, I can trust this fellow, you know, even though we, we weren't quite sure until he got elected. Nancy, what, what's your view on the branding image that the Prime, the Prime Minister is trying to send there? Well, I think we both had a privilege Tuesday night before Abe was leaving on his trip. He came to the anniversary of the Abe Fellowship Program. Not quite a full house, was it? Well, by then, at the reception, because of course it wasn't announced right. in advance, it was also Ambassador Kennedy, Shinzo Abe's mother, the widow of Shintaro Abe. And I was struck at Abe's body language even at that event. I believe these were the first sort of public remarks that he was making, and he brought up the trip. Vibrant and engaged? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. Looked, he, yeah, he looked strong. And I think that the take on his going to New York, some circles were saying, well, this looks a little desperate. It's kind of this move of... Uh, maybe a weakened Japan, but I Did said last that? week on Tokyo on Fire, this is a strong move. Yes. I would agree no, with I, Dr. Well, Curtis that this really bodes well. Japan has never been more popular. It mm -hmm. came through in the debates, even if the wrong things were being said. Nevertheless, it lifted the interest and the image of Japan in the world, and it's time for everybody to put the big girl, big boy mm -hmm. pants on, and I think that that was going on here. And how can you not sort of be a little bit, have that heady experience going into Trump Tower. I mean, Donald Trump, I think his name is on 17 buildings, although a few, they're taking them down. <laughs> they voted in the building. They don't want to have the Trump name on it. So it's one brand meets another brand, mm -hmm. isn't it? We saw some of the photographs and uh, a lot of the gold glit that is Lots of gold everywhere. Yeah. But he took um, his wife, Akie, mm. with him, and I thought that was a, a good, solid move, too. Shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but also the thing that impressed me was the um, family members of the president-elect who were in the audience and listening in on these, these confidential and very, very important conversations. And maybe it's a suggestion that uh, we can anticipate more of the family being involved as the administration rolls out. Well, Ivanka was there, and I had heard whether it's a joke or not that maybe she would be interested in some type of a cultural or role with Japan, who knows? I, she I, was where? I remember. She was in the room. Yeah, uh, she in the, was, meet, the meeting. Yeah, had, in the meeting it, it, with Abe. Her and her, her uh, husband, Mr. Right, Kushner, were, Kushner, they were in the meeting with yeah. him. Yeah, that's right. But right. Akia was not there. there. No. She, she was wasn't not. in the... No, Japanese. Well, Tiffany's was, is right down the street, so... <laughs> so, so the Japanese was just Abe and his interpreter. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't aware of who was on the... I knew Pence, right. Pence was there. Mm. Um, and, and Flynn, Flynn was there as well, mm. according to the Nikkei Shimbun. So that's more reason to believe that this was a setting in which Abe probably did a lot of talking, and 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 Trump was listening, and and the people with him were taking notes. Um, you see, what struck me, Nancy mentioned this reception where Abe made some 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 comments, in which he he said that. You know, the free, he wants to make the point that a free, the system of free trade, um, the free trade regime has, has, has made possible the post-war economic development of the region and the world, and that he will continue to defend 
free trade, human rights, democracy. This is not a man, and this is no longer a country, that goes in with head bowed saying, yes, sir. Oh. Mm -hmm. When Americans say, we're going to go in this direction, we expect you to go with us. Not if they don't think it's in their interests. Mm -hmm. So this is a new, this is a new ball game, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought it's, I think it's very appropriate that um, Abe go in with a strong sense. I want a good relationship with America. I think we can have it. And these are the issues we think are important. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that's what he did. And on on this TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, you know, I came a week ago uh, to, to Tokyo last, actually. Um, last Friday, today, today, well, exactly a week ago. And I've been giving a lot of, a lot of speeches. And until yesterday, until the day before yesterday, I was saying TPP is dead. There's no way the U.S. is gonna, is gonna ratify it. You know, probably is, but I've taken out the word zetaini. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Because? She, because I'm pretty sure Abe must have made a very strong case about why it's in Americans, America's interest as well as Japan's to make this happen. And if the US the, you know, pulls out of TPP, Abe is on his way to Peru for the APEC summit and the, where there's gonna be a TPP summit. I would expect, at least I would hope, he's gonna push for changing the ratification clause of the treaty and have TPP 11. That is all the countries minus the US and then expand that to a negotiation that would include China and Absolutely. the, the, you know, the so-called RCEP countries, this regional comprehensive economic um, uh, program. Uh, and what'll happen if that happens is that instead of the US mm -hmm. being the leader in, in, the, in, 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 in structuring international regimes in this part of the world, it's gonna be Japan. And if that happens, sooner or later the US is gonna come into TPP later. Right. So, you know, in a way this sets Abe up to be, to have a leadership role in the region that Japan has not had in the post-war period. Mm -hmm. And it all depends on whether Trump um, decides to back away from some of the more foolish things he said during the campaign. Right. Because everybody knows U.S. leadership is what's needed. The U.S. is the most powerful country in the world. Not what it once was, but it's still the most powerful country in the world. Yeah. Japan doesn't have that kind of power, but it's a very interesting time in, in, in world history and in the history of our relationship. It sure is. There are a couple of issues that are ripe for change under a different kind of uh, administration. Uh, the most pregnant one seems to be Okinawa. Do you have any views on Trump coming in and doing something about Fatima or perhaps um, requisitioning less forces on Just Okinawa? Just taking forces out yeah. unilaterally. What do you think? I don't think there's a chance of that happening. And I, don't, I think it's going to be pretty low down on his priority list. Um, I think people like, uh, like Flynn, who's going to be the new national security, you know, be the national security advisor. Military people yes. don't right. want to mess with the Okinawa. You know, military never likes to give up anything they got. They don't want to. So, and, and Abe has been so committed to the Tema relocation to Henoko. The U.S. is not going to say, well, let's do something else. If Abe would say we're gonna, we want, we we can't pursue this option. We must do something else. Well, I think he, you know, then he'll have to negotiate it with. Then I think the Trump people will have to figure out what to do. But my guess is that they're gonna, they're gonna leave it as it is. 
keep their fingers crossed that, that the that Okinawa doesn't explode. You know, public opinion doesn't doesn't become very uh, much, much more intensely uh, opposed. I don't think they're going to do much about it. And the idea of, of unilaterally pulling troops out of, out of Japan, why would you do it? Well, he said it. I mean, Trump said it. But do you think the Pentagon is going to say, oh, yes, so, mm. that's what we should do? No, they'll... Um, I think, you know, we have, it's, it's uh, middle of November. It's almost two, two months uh, till he becomes president. One only hopes that he treats this two months as a real opportunity to study, sure. to learn, to listen, to figure out now that he won the election, which I don't think he expected to do, maybe in the last week he started thinking, oh, my God, I'm not going to lose right. and have an opportunity to go back to New York and open my, and start my own media company and make a lot of money. Right. I may be stuck having to be president of the United States. And read those briefing papers. <laughs> so, I'm curious if anyone on this panel watched one rally uh, by Trump. I mean, I watched many of them because he talked about the military Repeatedly, not just taking care of veterans. No, he but does also love the military. Beefing right. up the military, sort of Reagan-esque style. So I would agree that well, I think that he does. pulling out yeah, he troops does. doesn't he's not make any pull sense. Out troops, but no. this idea that you can you can turn the clock backwards and mm. make America great again? No, no you can't do that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go back to a world in which we had unchallengeable supremacy. You know, in East Asia. Is the U.S. the major trading partner for countries here? No, it's China. The Chinese don't have to match American military power to make it awfully costly for us to use that, to use that power. So we need to find a way to be the, uh, the, global, the, the central global leader without thinking that if we say this is what we're going to do, our allies and we countries will say we'll, we'll, we'll go in that direction. That's not the world we live in. So I'm hoping, right. I'm hoping that um, that the people around Trump, un, around Trump, understand how much Asia has changed, right. how much Japan has changed, um, and how much the U.S. has has changed. And our capabilities are are extensive, but they're li more limited than mm -hmm. before. We don't know. How about the other end of the archipelago, the Northern Territories? That's coming up. That's going to be a, a hot topic of discussion. The United States has been very firm about what it thinks the Japanese should do about it, there's an open opportunity for the prime minister? Well, I mean, given what Trump has been saying about wanting to develop a good relationship with Putin, the idea that Abe is developing a good relationship with Vladimir, as mm -hmm. he you know, calls him by his first name in there when they met in, when they had the summit in Vladivostok a few months ago, well, um, I think under a democratic administration, you might have had some real concern about Japan and Russia coming to an agreement on the Northern Islands. I don't think you're going to have that problem mm -hmm. with Trump. It makes it easier for Abe. Abe's problem is not going to be the U.S. pushback about coming to a deal. It's going to be whether Putin will come up, will will make it, will will make a deal, mm -hmm. uh, and. I think the chances. I think there's a good chance that they'll make a lot of progress next month. You know, yep. I think it's quite clear they're prepared. The Russians are prepared to give back two islands. And the question is, then what? Um, so you know, not sure. But it's not it's not inconceivable that you could have an agreement that would call for the immediate return of two islands, a peace treaty, and continued negotiation over the neck the other islands, plus an agreement on fishery rights. Mm -hmm that um, 
I think Abe could sell. Probably Putin may have a little bit more difficult time selling the idea of giving away territory to the Russian people uh, than, than Abe would about accepting less than, mm -hmm. than, than what you know, their maximum demands. But after all, if it's ever going to happen, it has to happen now while Putin has like 80, 90% public support. Mm. Right. So the jury is still out. It's hard to tell what a Trump administration will mean to foreign policy, particularly here in the Asia Pacific. But thank you very much, Dr. Curtis, for joining us, a master tea leaf reader on what's happening with U.S.-Japan relations. Please stay tuned.